Are you ready to elevate well, your life I want to and welcome business? You to the podcast this November, today, I'll so be hosting the Elevate Intensive. So it's a four-week group coaching intensive designed really to accelerate your results for the remainder of 2019 so you can step into 2020 excited and passionate about what you're about to achieve. Throughout the four weeks, we'll be overcoming your fears and helping you let go of exactly what is holding you back. You'll be creating a new way of being so you can step into who you want to become. You'll align your values and beliefs to accelerate your results and you'll enhance your money mindset to set yourself up for massive abundance. You will have direct access to me to answer any of your questions and included will also be a one-on-one coaching call at the end of the program to help support you in elevating your business for the remainder of 2019. For you to get access to this, you can email me at hello at christinecorporate.com.au or if you'd like to Big win your spot, you can leave a review of the podcast on iTunes, take a screenshot, either email it to me or message it to me on social media, and you will go into the draw to win a spot in the Elevate Intensive valued at $295. To find out more, feel free to message me or email me, and let's get on with the episode. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. And, you know, it really took a couple of years, two or three years. Welcome to episode 115 on the Next Level Life podcast. Today's episode is an interview with the beautiful Um, Sammy Fleming. And it's all about tapping into your feminine power. Sammy is a coach for women who are ready to connect with their true feminine power and up-level their lives with ease and calm. She supports her clients to cultivate deep um, inner confidence like never before and live deliciously attuned to their natural rhythms, stepping into a life of flow. Our conversation today covers so much across growing a coaching business alongside other work, using play to create more productivity, pushing our edges and growing through the challenges, learning to receive, developing a relationship with our intuition, creating ceremony in business, resistance versus fear, being seen and expressing yourself fully, dealing with other people's opinions and naysayers. Being multi passionate so and, and really kind of intensive. I'm so excited to bring you this conversation today. So let's jump straight at in. At a time, and I also um, have just started a training program called Holding Space, which is teaching women how to hold really powerful space, how to hold women's circles, how to hold really kind of energetically rich um, workshops. So I also teach at the Life Coaching Academy that I trained at, Beautiful You Coaching Academy. So that's sort of where my work is spread out at the moment. Yeah, beautiful, awesome. And I love that you shared that you're working a little bit part-time as you built your business. And I think when it comes to social media and everything that's going on now, that yes, there is life coaching is becoming a bigger thing and it is becoming much more well-known, which is awesome. I think we all need so many more coaches out there. But I love how you shared that because I think it is this thing where there's this stigma we think we should quit our jobs to then go and do this full time. And there's so much pressure to do that. Did you feel that pressure back then or did you find like, what, what was your journey through that? Uh, I honestly feel like the pressure was a little less back then, even just five years ago. I feel like it's possibly a little more concentrated now 
being that Instagram is even more of a thing than it was back then. Um, so the whole laptop lifestyle thing is just, it's bigger, it's louder than ever. And so honestly, I didn't really feel this huge pressure, but I see it in a lot of people now. I see it in a lot of my clients. I see it in people who, you know, there's almost an assumption that once you have finished any kind of study, if you choose to study, that leaping into this next career is it's like a line in the sand moment. And absolutely, people can do that if they choose to. But I know for me, it was really imperative to grow my business from a place of overflow and abundance rather than desperation. So I never wanted to need a client to pay my rent. I wanted to only work together if we were actually a really amazing match. Mm. And um, I think that has a twofold effect. One, it takes the pressure off you and you can build something that you genuinely love. It allows you to create something that's sustainable and it doesn't build into or shift into a space of resentment or pressure that you put on the business. Threefold, actually, because thirdly, um, yeah, you just end up working with people that are so deliciously aligned to your work. And without that desperation, operating from a place of overflow and abundance, that's really magnetic mm. for people. And so while it might seem like you build your business slower by having side gigs, part-time jobs, whatever, full-time jobs even for a lot of people. I think the truth is often the opposite because we're building from a place of, hey, I've got this really awesome thing. Do you want to do it with me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, love that. And it's almost similar to my story. Like I literally built up my business alongside a corporate full-time role mm -hmm. and then I went part-time and then built it as long before I, before I then felt comfortable to leave. And it's interesting how I have so many coaches come to me say like, what was your journey? Like, did you quit straight away? And it's like, well, no, I didn't. I was smart. And, you know, not to say that jumping in full-time, if that's the leap that you need, if that's the pressure that you need to make it, make it work, then totally do that. But I agree. Like I think for myself, I had a mortgage, so I didn't want to have to put the pressure on myself and on my business to force them it to be profitable. And then you, you're right. You end up taking on clients that are completely not aligned. And then that makes you resentful for sure. So yeah. I love how you, you talk a lot about rising with ease and there's so much talk about hustle and about flow. I would love to hear your take on, that ease and flow and rising with ease. Okay. Awesome. So, oh, yeah, there is a lot of talk about hustle <laughs> out in the world and I love working hard. I love working hard, but I don't want it to feel hard. I don't want it to feel like a struggle. I don't want at the end of the day to be like, Oh my God, I am empty in a way that is not satisfying. Um, so I really, believe that we can create thriving flourishing businesses from a place of ease and that again doesn't mean that you'll never work hard or that you'll just lay back and it will all magically appear before you but rather that there's some kind of ways of operating or things that we can do to uh, choose a different way of building so for example um, I think it's a really undervalued and amazing practice to get into the energy that you want to be in before you begin your day of work and start from that place. You know, it's, this, it's something like one hour of inspired action. You probably know the calculation or the, the, what this is better than I do. Um, 
something like an hour of inspired action is equivalent to six hours of uninspired action. And so when we get into the state of um, whatever it is that we're wanting to cultivate, getting into a creative place, getting into an inspired place, getting into a focused space before we even start and then working from that place, one, we minimize so much work hours, but also we're creating in this, or we're writing or we're coaching or we're building our businesses and whatever that looks like for you in a way that is just so much more enjoyable, you know? And when we're having fun, when we're feeling good, when we're alive, when we feel the sense of ease and flow as we work, um, that's sustainability to me. That's regenerating energy. We can show up day after day after day from that place because we're not spent. We're more alive than ever. I love to work with my clients around creating or cultivating practices so that at the end of the day you feel more energized and alive than at the very beginning and yeah i um i believe in this so much i also uh believe that the more that we work that we rest the better that we work and um there's some parts about the hustle message and culture that um i agree with potentially but the kind of grind till yeah. you're asleep message, you know, work till you're dead kind of thing just doesn't vibe with me. And I think instead um, prioritizing rest and slowness and spaciousness actually makes you a more productive human. Mm. And so it feels like this, we talk about feminine energy and we speak about that being um, in some ways related to rest and recuperation and allowing and receiving and playing. And I think sometimes people forget that that actually makes us more productive. It's not a waste of time. It's not, I'm putting three hours aside on this particular day just to do nothing. Actually it's creating a space space and a highly productive version of you when you come back to work best of both worlds which yes. is what I'm all about best Absolutely. of all worlds. there's something that I love to do like I love to do and it was recently that I so I go and have a float so I run events here in Brisbane once a month and usually a couple of days after that event I'll go and have a salt float and it's the most like complete um sound deprivation and light deprivation like it's just black it's amazing and it helps me completely switch off and last month I actually had a float and then a sauna which you know for some would think is quite indulgent and even I was like am I gonna go spend two hours in the spa that's incredible it's crazy um and it was like a you know a Thursday afternoon or something and and I did it but it was like that space that I gave myself was able to, I was then able to tap into so much creativity that I was just on fire for the rest of the night. So I absolutely agree with you. I think there's space where we get to allow ourselves to open up that container to be, you know, open to things. Otherwise, if we're not even allowing that space to be open, then we're missing so many opportunities as well. Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up because I feel like there is this edge that we all have where it starts to feel a bit indulgent, a bit luxurious, a bit too much, right? And I think that's a really fun place to play, a really fun place to explore. Like, why have I just made up a story in my head that it's too much to spend two hours on this day after I've hold, held an event and held the space and created an experience for other people? Still, 
I tell myself it's too much. I've just had a really similar experience this past week. I held a three day uh, training and after that, even taking, you know, multiple days to go slowly felt, felt edgy. It felt like, Oh, am I just pushing into my edges now of all of the stories come up of, is this lazy? You know, it's not like, I don't know anyone personally who feels a hundred percent comfortable and in their power resting as much as they need to at any point. I think we all kind of have our edge and that's a really interesting thing to explore and lean into and question. Mm, for sure. And I mean, holding space for people over three days, like that takes a lot out of you. So you need yeah. that space to be able to like, I, and I think if you had gone the opposite way and just gone straight back into work, I don't believe that you would have been able to show up and anybody, I don't mean just you, but anybody be able to show up and be an amazing coach to hold space for a new client or any type of client coming your way on that day. Like I just think, as coaches, we really need to be mindful of making sure that we're filling our cups back up and not giving from a place of emptiness. Absolutely. And that was a lesson for me, actually, because I needed more time. I needed more space and more time than I gave myself. So um, we're always, I guess, expanding and experimenting with new levels of how we take care of ourselves. But yeah, I was schooled that week <laughs> and I thought I had it down and still there's absolutely more to learn for sure but I think it's also fight fighting that old conditioning of yeah. if we've been an employee before that oh my god it's a Thursday afternoon I should be working till 6 p.m right and it's like well no I run my own business I can choose when I want to work and yet there's still that old conditioning that we have to fight against for sure absolutely yeah so I would love for you to elaborate on allowing and receiving, especially as we were talking just then about feminine power and allowing ourselves to, to rest and play and receive. For someone listening to this that has very much been driven by their masculine energy and their go, 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 they're onto the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and they're constantly pushing and struggle with that. I like, that's how I like to think of the masculine and feminine. Um, please school me if you <laughs> want to add to that. But um, how would you encourage someone who hears that and thinks that's not how I've gotten results in the past or that's a different way of thinking it? Like, does that, am I trying to ask you the right question? Like, does that make sense? <laughs> I hear you. Absolutely. Great question. I love that. So I'd say that most people are operating in that go, 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 strive, strive, strive space, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but I think a really brilliant magic piece of the puzzle is the receiving and the allowing. Um, this links so much into the money that we make as well. Mm. So when we are always, it's like thinking of it, I've never used this analogy before, so let's see how it goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thinking of it like a two-way street. One, you know, we can't always just be in the one energy at all times. Otherwise, we'll never come back around, right? We'll just always be going one way. I'm not sure where the analogy is going. I might leave it there. Um, <laughs> but I, I think if we're just churning out work and we're always doing and we're always creating and we're always kind of striving, we miss out on this really beautiful piece the feminine energy piece of the receiving. So the receiving can look like all sorts of things, but I think when we tap into our receiving energy, and I'll speak to that in a moment, what that can actually look like. Um, when we tap into our receiving energy, we tap into 
this really easeful part of business, which is I have showed up, I have given, I have um, served, I have shared, and now I can receive. It's like actually a much better analogy than the two-way street is an inhale and an exhale. It's like exhaling and you're giving and you're sharing and you're serving and then you get to inhale. And the only way to continue being fully sustained and fulfilled is to allow both the inhale and the exhale, right? So we can, like we see people burn out all the time in this entrepreneurial space, you know, because there's so much of the doing. And so unless we allow ourselves a breath and some space to fully receive all of the work that we've actually done, it's, I think, putting us on that road to burnout. So I'll just give you some examples of ways that I like to play. I feel like I'm letting you into my dirty secrets, which is kind of fun. But <laughs> if I launch a program or if I share an event or something like that, I will put things out into the world. Like I'll create, I'll write, I'll share, I'll speak. I might invite. And then I know that for me, a necessary part of that is to receive. So I will nap. I will lie in the sun. I will just take some time to drink tea. Like it sounds so simple and it sounds can sound almost trite, but when you get into this practice of, I don't always have to be going, it's really interesting to see what happens. I know that a lot of your listeners will be interested in kind of the energetic magic of this, but what I notice is that whenever I nap, people arrive. If I keep going, which I will still do at times, right? Like I have not perfected this. If I keep going and I think, oh, there's more I could do or there's more I could share or I could write an email like this, nothing happens. And then when I stop and I close on my laptop and I lay in the sun and I close my eyes, that is when people arrive. And I'm still amazed by that time and time and time again. Thing is, I'm not the only person that experiences that. It's like the phenomenon of when you go on holiday and suddenly all of these clients just arrive in your inbox yeah. and you've been doing nothing. You've been swanning around in Hawaii, drinking cocktails, whatever. And suddenly things are really in flow. And so I think remembering that we are energetic beings and that we need to be in both the doing and the receiving means that we get to be in our fullest expression of what it is to be a powerful business owner to, um, show up but also to receive and when we soften into that because it really is a softening and it's uncomfortable at the beginning it's it feels that whole like that whole thing of too much too luxurious surely not there's more i could do so it's a practice for sure and one to explore you know and see again where your edges but when you soften into that it's like a remembering that your feminine energy your allowing you're receiving you're opening up to everything that is just waiting for you actually brings some serious gold like literally and metaphorically it's yeah. so good yeah absolutely absolutely i i literally had a client a couple of weeks ago where she was in stress out mode and she was like not sure where her next client is going to come from and then i was asking her how, like how do you spend your days like well, how tell me like talk me through what a day looks like for you and she's like i'll show you and showed me her calendar and it was literally like had booked out every little 
block in her calendar of things she had to do. And she not like, there was maybe one or two clients there. There was not the rest of it was just actions of you know content and bits and pieces that she had to do. And I was like, there's no space for clients. Like what if you took some of that out, put it somewhere else, you know, to still get to and whatnot, but allow yourself space to open up because if there's no space, it's like, you know, quantum physics is all about vacuums, right? So it's like, if there's no actual space and nothing else can go in, then there's, it's going to go somewhere else. So you've got to allow that space for more clients to come your way and fill your diary with new clients. Right. So, and just by taking that out and moving some energy around in her office and things like that. And it was so, it was so intuitive that I did that. It's not something I'd normally do with a client, but I was like, so random that she was like fully, fully booked with stuff to do, but no clients. It was really random. I love that. I remember my very first coach said to me, if you don't have clients in the space that you want them, exactly like you're saying, just create the space for them. Like let it be this uncomfortable space where there's nothing happening and just see what happens. And that, yeah, I believe in that so much. And I love that you have this really tangible example because I know we can speak about these things as concepts, but then when you have examples and proof really mm. that um, playing in, you know, beyond the 3D really works. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah, that just kind of grounds mm. these ideas. Love it. Awesome. So I would love to you to speak more on, is there anything else you'd like to add to being able to tap into your feminine power? Like when you talk about tapping into your feminine power, what does that look like for someone? Oh, good question. This is a question I often ask my clients or people within my group programs because I think it means something different to everybody, actually. Um, I think part of it is embracing all of what it is to be a woman. Um, I think it is working in tune with a whole lot of cycles, our uh, menstrual cycles, the, our seasons, um, the moon cycles, and not like you have to track every single thing every day and anything like that, but just an awareness more so. Um, I think it is being powerfully connected to your intuition and making decisions from that place as opposed to overriding with logic. I know for me, and I'm sure that for so many people listening, we can recall some experiences where we made decisions based on what looks right on paper and we've written down the pros and cons and then known that it wasn't right done it anyway and um it turns out that of course it was never right and we always know and that our, our intuition is always guiding us so being connected to that place and, and using it as a business tool rather than just something that we use externally outside of our businesses um celebrating all areas of ourselves i think is is a really big piece of feminine power so bringing in all of what it is to be you. And that's probably an entirely other conversation, but um, celebrating your wildness and your gentleness and your like, like the inner freak, the beautiful goddess, like everything that makes up every woman. Um, and again, we're all going to be so individual there, bringing that all in and celebrate and um, allowing yourself to really live into all of that mm. as opposed to compartmentalizing in that kind of masculine way. Like in this, in my business, I show up only in this version of me. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love for us to dive more into intuition, if you don't mind. Yes, of course. Most recently, where have you had to tap into your intuition for your business? Mm. Okay. I have an example from today, um, which is clearly fresh because it was about an hour and a half ago. And I am just in the process of finding a, this is going to, I hope this isn't a dry example. I'll, I'll juice it up. Um, <laughs> I have, I'm in the process of finding a venue for my next training. And while there are all of these really kind of logical options, which are hire a, an empty space and like a warehouse space and bring some, you know, bolsters and cushions and things into that space. What I really truly am being called to, even though it makes far less logical sense is hire a giant, big, beautiful, luxurious house with a pool and bring everything in. Um, and so it's just been an experiment today to see all of these very kind of easy, even logical options and go, you know what, my, my intuition is pulling me elsewhere and I just need to trust that even though it's going to be more expensive, even though I'm going to have to bring more things in to be able to create the environment that I want to. Um, even though, even though, even though, even though it doesn't make sense on paper, I trust that this is where I'm being called to go for some reason. I trust that this is the experience I need to create. And so that's kind of like a, an everyday example of, um, something that doesn't yeah make logical sense but feels right and now I feel like being tapped into our intuitions we have a responsibility to actually act on what we hear so I love to think of our intuitions like a relationship and if you imagine that you're in a relationship with somebody and they're telling you something and you're never listening or you do the opposite thing or you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I'm going to do something entirely different. They're going to stop talking and it's going to get quieter. And so to be in right relationship with our intuition and to be in a very kind of um, deeply respectful relationship, I think that taking the action again and again and again, this is the practice, right? But taking the action again and again and again and letting it be a relationship that gets stronger and stronger and louder and louder and clearer and clearer is um, honestly one of the most laser sharp business tools you can possibly have. And it's free and it's within you and it's available at any moment. Mm, love that. Love that. And I think it's like, I would actually love to know, have you always had that connection with your intuition or was there a time where you really had to re rebuild that relationship? I would say as a child, I feel like I was really connected to it. I'd say lots of kids are. I am absolutely um, a very sensitive human. I feel a lot of things. I feel a lot of other people's things too. Um, and so that was really prominent and present as a kid. I'd say around like university years, um, early twenties, partying a lot, not listening to my body and also not listening to my intuition definitely was quieter slash almost, you know, completely, um, 
like gone at that point, not gone because it was there just waiting, but I wasn't listening. Yeah. Very, very quiet. And then um, probably from mid twenties onwards, it's been a conscious low uh, rebuilding of that relationship. Mm. And it still is like, it still is something to, it's like a maintenance thing. It doesn't make it sound super sexy, but I think it really is. It's a maintenance thing. It's a checking in. It's a, how do I feel right now? What do I need? What am I being guided to do in this moment? What feels right? And letting that be an ongoing practice as a way to continue to build and strengthen and uh, hone that relationship. I, be I believe it is too. I think it's something that we need to maintain rather than waiting for those big life-changing decisions and then going, oh, what's my intuition trying to tell me? And then it's not listening, you know, it's not there. <laughs> because it's like, well, you didn't trust me the 50 other times I was trying to tell you. <laughs> right. Okay. So I love that you've mentioned that. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. Okay. So I spent a couple of years working at a, as the um, in-house life coach at a retreat center out in Dalesford, which is an hour or so out of Melbourne. And I would run an intuition workshop maybe once a month there. So people would come and they would stay for 28 days. Typically there's a very kind of intensive living space. And um, so I would work with people from all walks of life, all sorts of ages. And within this intuition workshop, we would talk about like where you're at with it. Does it feel like something you've ever used? And there were a lot of people that were so unfamiliar with even the feeling of what it was or even really what it meant because it was just so foreign to them. And it's not like it's something we're taught often. I know I wasn't taught this. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes I would speak to people who hadn't tapped into their intuition or hadn't thought about it for 55 years, <clears throat> you know, or however long. And an exercise that we would do, and if there's anyone listening that feels quite disconnected from their intuition, this is a good way to bring it back to the everyday because I love that you mentioned that, that it doesn't have to be only within the big moments that we tap into it, but also in the micro um, everyday moments where it starts to be like we sow the seed. Mm. Um, so an exercise that I would teach is to bring two options to mind that are really, really easy, a really easy decision to make something as easy as what shall I have for dinner? And Turn into your body and notice what the first option feels like. Notice the sensations in your heart, your belly, your breath, your jaw. Less so what's going on in your mind, thought-wise, but how it actually feels in your body. Are you getting any signs, signals, guidance? And feeling into that and noticing, well, how does that feel for me? Letting that go and then bringing the second option to mind and tuning in again and noticing. And it was so beautiful because I would see people that hadn't tuned into the intuition, had never thought about it, 55 years old, never once considered it. And they had uh, very clear messages from their body. And so while it's something to build and cultivate, we all have it. Mm. And um, playing and practicing in those little uh, low risky areas yeah. thank you low risk areas like whatever you're going to have for dinner is probably going to be okay yeah um is a really safe place to begin mm, beautiful and is there any way that you help women in business to be able to tap into their intuition as well mm. yes um i think 
there's a really beautiful, there's all sorts of ways. The first one that's come to mind, I'll share with you. And that is being in ceremony with our businesses, being in collaboration with them and not thinking of them necessarily as uh, something that we own or us, but rather this beautiful kind of individual entity that we're collaborating with. And so say we're creating something, we're creating a program, let's say. And rather than just sitting down in front of your laptop and going, okay, brain, like go, go, write all the things. Rather, turning and quietening down, turning down the noise, turning down the external noise. And when I say noise, I mean turning down the Instagram, turning down all of the other voices that are out in the world and tuning in and listening. What's there? Like what's already there waiting for you? This is another way of lessening the amount of time that we work because we're not just like stressy and up in our heads all the time. Or constantly taking on information, like shoving more into our brains. (laughs) More, more, more. More is not more. (laughs) yes um and so being in ceremony with your business in all sorts of ways and uh creating a real sense of we kind of sit together in ceremony and that that might sound like an intense word and it can simply be just sitting at your desk and having your eyes closed um we sit together my business and i and i tune in like are there any messages i need to hear and so that even as an intuition practice for women in business can be beautiful and love that yeah and in in addition to that i would say just feeling into your decisions as opposed to thinking into your decisions only and Mm. letting both of those energies be present the thinking and and the feeling Mm. i found the strongest way that i've helped to build my intuition is listening to the resistance so noticing because that was much easier for me to then try and tap in for whatever reason. And I would notice, and it's recently actually, I, um, again, thinking about something, creating something new and had someone, uh, another coach tell me to do it this way. And I was like, not feeling that. I don't know what it is about that. And just noticing that I, when I'm, when I'm a hell yes, like when my whole body is into it and I believe in it and it's something that I really want to do, Every part of me is a yes and I'm taking action fully into it. Yeah. But there was just something about this and it was something new I wanted to launch. I knew there was something that I wanted to create, but what I had thought about, what I put out on paper technically for the business model looked good, but there was just not, there was just something not right. Like I just, it just wasn't the right fit. And so for me, it's listening to that resistance and trusting that that's not where you're supposed to go. Right. So then how do you differentiate between that resistance and fear of doing something bigger than you've ever done before? Yeah, I think for me, I think fear feels different, but I guess that's also from practicing that. Right. So it's like, is this because I'm at the stage where I'm like, I know that that scares me and that's going to take me to the next level. I know that that's a fear based on who I, what's, what I believe is possible for myself. Otherwise it was just like, uh, like it's, I think it's different. I felt like the fear was more up here and I'm just doing this on the video listening. If you listen to the podcast, I've got my hand up in my head. That <laughs> um, like the resistance was much lower. So it was like this, oh, something's not right. And in a lot of my coaching, I do um, Mbit processes and I'm not sure if you've heard of M-braining, but it's actually understanding the different neural networks in the body. And so our gut brain is all about our action center. So if we're not taking action, there's something out of alignment with our action center. And that's also a trust area as well and safety. 
So it was interesting, like, you know, when it comes to like stepping outside your comfort zone and following after something that you really, really want, but it scares you, I feel like it's a different thing compared to resistance. Do you agree? I absolutely agree with that. And I love how you've explained that. I think those two feelings can feel, <clears throat> it can be confusing at the beginning. Oh, yeah. No, which is which. And I love to think of it like, I love the way you put that so much. I want to go back and listen to that. Um, is that fear can feel constrictive and no resistance can feel restrictive. Like the actual no, the intuitive no and the good fear, the intuitive yes feels expansive. So even though it feels scary as hell, it still feels expansive. One of my very favorite words on earth is, um, it's an ancient Hebrew word and it's Yirah, Y-I-R-A-H. You might know it. And it's the direct translation. The only translation in English is fear, but specifically it means uh, to take up more space than you've ever taken up before. It still feels like you're getting chased by a tiger. <laughs> the feel is still so real, right? Like in your body, it's coursing through your body. It's telling your mind all sorts of stories. It still feels physiologically incredibly real. And so I just, I love that word because I think that helps us to differentiate between, yeah, is this the good juicy fear or is this actually, this is a no for you? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Taking up more space. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. I heard someone else speaking about that actually a little while ago and I'm like, I love, even as women, like I think that's something that I feel like we need to step into. And the more and more I see more women stepping into their power and stepping into speaking up and standing in their truth just lights me up so much. I just freaking love it. So I know that um, I was reading a little bit on your website about how you found that you were, you had the struggle around that fear of being seen. How did you find that you worked through that? Like, and then being able to express yourself fully. Mm. <clears throat> I absolutely had that fear and oh that's a great question there's so many elements to this I think the really basic answer and the actual how-to for me was much more complex than this but I just stopped caring about what other people thought of me more than I cared about what I thought about myself I heard someone say yesterday um I went to see Marie Folio last night. Oh, I'm seeing her tonight. Amazing. So yes. Well, you will hear this, hopefully. Um, she said that the only, she would only ever listen to criticism from people who she really respected and admired. And she'd never had anyone troll her or say anything negative about her that she respected or admired. And I love that way of thinking about it. Um, yeah. Brene Brown also talk, has that incredible uh, quote, and I'm going to just paraphrase it because I don't know it exactly, but you know, if you something like thank that. you. Yeah. Yes. If you're not in the arena, I'm not interested, nor, um, <clears throat> does your opinion even matter? <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in your opinion. And so when I actually looked around at, at what it was to be seen in this industry as me and my own life, the people that were celebrating me, the people that were stoked to see me out in the world were the people that loved me. No one's ever actually said like, girl, no, <laughs> I'm sure behind my back lots of times or, you know, like secretly on the internet. I don't know. Um, and I don't really care anymore because that's not my place 
to spend my energy. I feel like our energy is such a precious resource and I really want to spend it on and with the people who are excited to be uh, all of us and to be celebrating all of us and to be seen and to be playing bigger and to be stretching into these new unknown realms. And those people are, I would say, never going to be the ones that pull you down. So in terms of how did I move through being seen, it was yeah, very much a, I'm just going to decide now. I'm just going to choose again. I'm just going to decide to stop caring or making stories up actually about what other people thought, not caring what other people thought because there was no truth or proof in that. It was simply, I'm going to stop creating some crazy little stories about what people are thinking or whatever. And there are new levels to that, right? There was a, there was a point um, in my business where I started speaking really openly and freely about menstrual cycles, which meant talking about blood, which meant talking about things that a lot of people, it felt more taboo. Yeah. Crazily enough, because it's such a beautiful, natural part of our lives. But that we've been doing forever. Forever. All of us, most of us, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think there's new levels, right? It's not like I absolutely don't feel like I've mastered the art of being seen. I just feel way more comfortable to share what is on my heart and true for me and trusting that the right people will be into that. Mm. And the rest, that's there are other people for them and that is perfect. Mm. I think it plagues so many people that stress and worry about what other people are going to think. And mm. like, I think it, I moved through different, two different areas there. Like one was like, well, again, all those stories of what I'm making it mean and listening to other people's opinions that don't even matter. Like they're not a big part of my life. So why am I even stressing about it? But believing that and thinking that was important was also costing me and my clients the visibility of helping more people, right? So it's actually costing the reach out. So if that was holding me back from showing up online or to speak my truth or to, you know, do videos or stories or whatever it is, that's actually costing me and my business, but it's also costing the clients that need my help. And that was a, a key indicator for me. And then the other one was when we consider someone else's opinion above our own, that actually affects our own identity and our own self-worth. And I think that so many people do hold other people's opinions above their own. What would you say, or how would you help someone work through that? I just love both of those points so much. It's, it's so freeing to just remove all of that from your life. Just decide to move all of that, from, remove all of that from your life. So can I get, just get you to ask that question again? How would I support someone to move through the, like which part of that? Probably the self-worth aspect, I think. Yeah. About how they value other people. Like, cause mm. I think you talked a lot about, um, I was reading about how the struggle of putting other people first yeah. and always putting other people above yourself. So I think that's an element of that. Do you agree? Absolutely. Um, I think we all need to have a, a why a foundation that is stronger than all of the voices around us, whether they're actual like human voices from people that, you know, whether they're voices that you hear or see on the internet, whether they are blogs that you've read or whatever, we need to have something that grounds us into our power 
that feels stronger than anything else. So for example, my, um, my dad for a long time in my business would say to me, are you still doing that thing? You know, would like, <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but man, it felt so real at the beginning. It felt like, Oh, am I, am I still doing this thing? You know, it just felt like a, an entire, I felt like it would, I felt like I was allowing it to question my worth, my purpose, the impact that I was having, all of the things, right? Like this is not his world. He, he also doesn't understand that people can make an actual income working on the internet. But, um, and so when I got to the point of tuning in and really grounding into actually this, this is important work. This is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. And this is not necessarily unshakable, right? Like we're human, we have our moments. And I just want to say that because I don't want it to ever seem like there's this level of perfection we reach where no one else's voices ever affect us for the rest of our lives ever again. No, we're human. Yeah. But I think when there's this point, there's this point that we get to where we go, this work that I'm doing, this life that I'm living, I have created to be more important and have more value than anyone else's opinions. And I think that can be as simple as a choice, like simply a decision in a moment going, you know what, I'm just going to decide. And that sounds so easy. It sounds ridiculously easy, but an invitation to anyone listening to do that. If you feel like that's something that you're challenged by, just decide this work that I'm doing, this value that I'm putting on my work is more important to me than anyone else's voice. Um, was there something that had to happen for you to make that change? I think it was probably just, I got tired of myself. Okay. I got tired of questioning myself when 80% of the time I knew and I was good and I felt like I was really good at this thing and I could show up and this, it just felt so natural. It felt like the most organic thing. And then to be shaken by uh, <clears throat> something that is so pure hearted, like, are you still doing that thing? Right. Like there's, there was actually nothing awful about that it was just a simple question like just probably interested in what you're doing right <laughs> but we take it so personally you know and I I like to I liken it often to other people's professions that don't seem that interesting or feel to us or feel kind of like something we don't understand and I think when we're working when we're sharing our heart work when we're doing work that feels like an extension of our soul mm. We can take other people's opinions so personally and so seriously. And then there's some, like, I don't know, there's, there's like some guy who works in engineering and he tells me about his job and I'm like, cool. And I don't ask follow-up questions, nor do I really understand it. And I have, I'm, I'd be surprised if he's like, oh my gosh, what's she thinking about this job that I do? It's just you might be. <laughs> baby. <laughs> I hope he's not. <laughs> but we do. You're right. We do that. And yeah. I was literally talking to a client about this yesterday that it doesn't have to be a judgment because as a human being and our way our brains work, we're trying to make sense of something in our world. So when someone doesn't understand your job or what it is that you do and they ask you a question, it's probably because they need more information <laughs> because right. it doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a judgment. You get to choose to take it on as a judgment. Right. Yes. Okay. That is gold. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> um, 
Is there, I would love to hear, what was the purpose behind living in an ashram in the Himalayas? Tell me about that. Oh, (laughs) that was, um, that was a point in my life, which was pre, just before I found my coaching world, actually. And I was just playing with all sorts of different things. I'd quit my job and I was just like, I was making potions and selling them to my yoga teacher. I was thinking maybe I want to be a masseuse. Maybe I want to be like, I'm sure there's a whole lot of multi-passionates out here listening and thinking I relate. Um, I just didn't really know exactly what it was. And I hadn't found the thing necessarily, even though like, yeah, I hadn't found the course yet. So I didn't know exactly what it could look like. And I just really craved it sounds god it sounds so cliched but back then i would say i was just wanting to find myself this was a point in my life where my now husband then boyfriend um was touring full-time as a musician he would be away for up to eight months of the year at a time like just away a lot and that was uh so awesome and so challenging at the same time right like we were apart for a long time and that gave me a lot of incentive to go and just explore things and do things on my own. So when I was at the point of going to India, I thought I really want to deepen my yoga practice. That was definitely part of it. I want to learn how to be very comfortable being uncomfortable. I want to be able to prove to myself that I've got this, that I can go into a potentially challenging situation and hold myself there. And like, I look back at that 25 year old me and I think, I'm so proud of you. That's, I'm so proud of these kind of intentions for doing this. And underneath all of that was probably like, God, let me help me find myself. Um, interestingly, I got there and I remember the first day I got there and I, it took three hours to check in just because it was India time. So like things are, things are different. And I sat there and I walked into my room And my room was a tiny, it was like a wooden slat with a mattress, which was maybe like three centimeters, two centimeters even thick, nothing else in the room. And a, like kind of like a big tap, AKA shower and a bucket and a toilet. And I thought, oh my God, what have I done? Like, this is the worst decision of my life. I'm alone. I don't know anyone. I'm in this village in the middle of India. And I walked out of that building um, to try and find somewhere because this is pre-iPhone life. I walked somewhere to try and get a SIM card to put in my little flip phone. And as I walked out around the side of the ashram, I remember I slipped over in something and I got up and I had this moment, like there was, first of all, there was this moment of, I am in full regret of this decision. (laughs) closely followed by getting up and looking around and having this almost divine moment of realization that I'm okay. I remember I looked around and I was like, I'm good. I don't think there's anything I need to find or do or prove. I think I'm good. On day one. That's pretty good. (laughs) I really was followed by what am I doing here for the next month? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that, that was a really freeing moment. And I think so much of the self-development space is getting to somewhere. Hopefully one day I'll feel a certain way. And then just kind of 
yeah, this is going to sound super cheesy, but just kind of embracing and loving ourselves exactly where we are right now and remembering that we're actually okay. Like we're okay in this moment is a, a, a really incredible catalyst for actual self-development coming from a place of I'm already good. Like I'm already okay with myself. Um, so yeah, then I just spent the next month um, doing all sorts of Ayurveda practices and lots and lots and lots of yoga. And um, it was amazing and challenging at the same time. Awesome. A lot of silence. Yeah. Has there been any other major challenges that you'd love to share about, you know, your business? Like has there been something that you've had to work through and grow through in your business other than, you know, the whole thing's a personal journey. <laughs> yeah. Anything in particular? <clears throat> um, you know, the, the only thing that comes to mind is, I mean, there's been a whole lot of challenges. Absolutely. There has, you know, people say this is the ultimate personal development journey, right? Running yep. a business, creating <laughs> and running your own business for sure. I believe that. And I think a real, a big moment for me was taking the full-time leap was, can I catch myself? Because at that point, my business was taking the leap was still a leap. It was still, okay, now that I've created this time for myself, I need to build. And so creating that self-trust uh, while, yeah, like believing in myself in that moment was a challenge for sure because it's, it's not like everybody around us is doing that, right? Like I know a lot of people that start businesses might be the only ones of the people that they currently know that are doing that. And so this is where other people doing similar things and connecting with them is so important. Makes you feel far less crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, a great challenge for me, yeah, was taking that leap and, and holding myself strong enough to actually operate from a place of this is really important. I know this is of service to the world. Um, and I say, and when I say those words now, that feels really easy. But at the time it was like, oh, is this going to work? You know, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Fools. Doing it without a plan B. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give someone who's currently going through a challenging time in their business and doubting their choices and regretting possibly the decision? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I would say, first of all, quieten down all the noise. God, it's so overwhelming sometimes. Mm. Like turn off your online platform just for a moment. Like let yourself tune in, tune into your intuition, actually get quiet enough to hear what is actually going on. Uh, get support, get support from someone who has been there and who has a really, who has real vested interest in you thriving, mm. succeeding and um, you taking this thing far beyond how you can even think of it right now. So I'd say, yeah, quieten down the noise, tune in. What is actually going on? Sometimes what is actually going on is not what it seems on the surface. Um, just like your story earlier of your client who was struggling to get clients and then looking at her schedule and realizing there's no time. The problem is not always clients not, you know, mm. and not seeing me. It's I'm not having the space to create them in the yeah. first place. 
So getting quiet enough to actually tune into what is the actual issue here? What do I need support with? We're not supposed to do this alone. It can be very lonely and um, at times we can feel so separate from people around us, you know, when we choose to, to operate in this solopreneur, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I'm on my own way. But actually getting support, whether it's um, a mastermind with some friends, whether it's hiring a coach, whether it's checking in with a friend who is, you know, on a similar path to you, whether it's a mentor, like whatever it might be, um, actually allowing yourself to speak it out, talk it out after you've allowed yourself the space to be quiet, I would say is, uh, is really necessary. We are supposed to do this thing as a sisterhood, you know, and there are so many people around you, whether you have them in your life yet or not, who are wanting to collaborate with you, celebrate you, lift you up and tapping into those networks, I think is so, so, so epically important when it comes to facing our own challenges, because just writing solo can be tough. I agree. I totally agree. And that's literally the reason why I started my events in Brisbane. And from the beginning of that, I literally have found like five friends that I now do all of that with, like all masterminds, check in with, get on the phone when things are dramatic and <laughs> talk through all those challenges. So I totally agree with you. I think it's a really, really important part of going on that journey. And I think, you know, I think that what's that old adage? Like if you want to go far, no, if you want to go quick, go it alone. But if you want to go far, do it with other people. And I think that's a really important part when it comes to being successful in business for sure. So I'd love to get your take on how you feel people are feeling now at this end of the year, we're heading into a whole new decade for 2020. What's been going on for you? What's been happening with your clients at the moment? How are they all feeling? Mm. Uh, I would say the way that my clients are feeling has felt quite different to the way that I've seen the online space feeling, which is, oh my gosh, there's only, you know, back when there was 90 days left, there's 90 days left. This is still a quarter of the year. Like how much can you create in that time? And I think not just putting things off until next year, just because makes sense to me. But I also think that there's this unnecessary pressure that we can put on ourselves to create this next big thing within this certain time frame and maybe that's right for you and if it is i trust that you know that but i think like time is such a made-up thing you know and the fact that it's the end of a decade has amplified that message of there's only two months to go so i've been seeing um on the flip side to that this really a different message of you know there's two or three months to go in this year how about you get still? How about you get still? And then by the, the, the beginning of next year, and this is not be still, do nothing. This is be still enough to really tune into what it is that you want. Then by the beginning of next year, you're operating from like pure potency. Mm. And I would say that I would love to play probably in the middle of those, like release this weird time pressure that we put on ourselves to do a certain thing by a certain time of year, unless that really motivates you and allows you to thrive. If it stresses you out, please let that go. If you feel inspired by that, awesome, run with it, amazing. Um, I haven't really actually, in truth, noticed much of that messaging come through within client sessions. Um, yeah, and I think when we play the long game, when we talk about things in terms of this is my life's work, 
those more minor uh, timeframes kind of dissolve away in, the, in terms of their importance. Mm, beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Have you noticed that, like, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I'm kind of in a different space where I feel like it's time to shed the old identity and start mm -hmm. to move into who you want to become now before we step into that new year. Yes. Yeah, because it's like, well, if we want to go into a whole new decade, like what do you need to release now? Like what do you need to let go of? Maybe it's just cleaning out stuff in your house and opening up new spaces and allowing yourself to be that vacuum, yeah, mm -hmm. or starting to go, well, actually for the last 10 years, this is the person I've been, This that has served me, but now it's time to go, well, I've recognized that there's some old behaviors that I don't know want to don't want to be anymore. And there's some things there that I needed to heal. And maybe I need to do that work now and then step into that fresh year, fresh and ready and raring to go and then create from that place. That's, oh, that's where I'm feeling. Yes. That feels like the sweetest exhale. I love that. Beautiful. What are you excited about for in 2020? Oh, I feel like 2020, it feels like a big year of adventure. I would love to take my new training holding space on tour. That feels fun. Um, I feel like the way that my business is currently rolling feels awesome to me. Like there's so much I want to keep um, about that. And it probably just feels more travel focused, more adventure driven uh, and deeper than ever before. That feels good. Yeah, that sounds fun. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for this conversation today. It has absolutely been delicious and I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. A pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Would you like to leave us with anything in particular, anything that's on your heart at the moment? Mm, uh, anything maybe? You know, yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's um, something we were just really we were speaking about only a few minutes ago and that is, you know, seeking out support um, when you need it. I guess the thing that I would say is just make sure you're also supporting your people, right? Like there is something so important about lifting others up and really uh, holding yourself in this new paradigm of when we celebrate each other, everybody thrives. When we support each other, everybody thrives. We're no longer each other's competition. That is such an old way of thinking and doing. Um, so yeah, just an invitation. If there's someone in your mind right now, someone in your life that you think I could just really give you a little boost of love, um, go do that. Yes, 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 yes. Love that. Love that. Please, please do. And share with us both on socials, right? Share with us if yes. you've gone and done that, tag us in your posts, in your stories, and let us know what resonated with you from this episode. So thank you so much, Sammy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.